Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today you get to hear some of my thoughts as rare as they are, and some of my guests. <laughs> Did you say your thoughts are rare? Yes. You're on every episode. They don't occur a lot. He doesn't have many thoughts is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the rest of the week, like after I do an episode, I'm just like an empty, empty vessel. <laughs> You better not cut that comment. <laughs> that was good. Welcome um, to the sarcasm of my own mission. Here we go. All right. Loves it. All right. Uh, so today we have Mr. David Drover, or David. Hello. I just took a sip of coffee, but hello. 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 <laughs> was that needed information? Well, normally yeah. you introduce us and we're supposed to say, hey, everybody. And then I was literally like, oh, no. You, you, it wasn't that big of a delay. I know. But you, you just let everyone know that, you know, I mean, we're... We're about late on a Thursday. I'm drinking Coke today, not coffee. I need quick caffeine and sugar. And we have Miss Jas or Mrs. Jasmine Harper. That's right. right. And I will not be drinking coffee because I respect what goes into my body. Oh snap! (laughs) She's ready. ready. (laughs) To all of you who just unsubscribed because you love coffee. I I love yeah, coffee. I do apologize for that. Uh, yeah, we just lost like all of our subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about thoughts on worship. And uh, we have me, a church planter. We have Mr. David Drover, who is basically in charge of all of our music at Calvary and KCC. And maybe DCC as we grow. And then we have your Congregant, layperson, still kind of ministry leader. Um, Jasmine, not kind of ministry. She is a ministry leader. Yes. Um, But just trying to find a role for you. Um, Jasmine Harper. (laughs) So, guys. Emphasizing Harper just to give you context because I just got married a few months ago. Yes. Still in the honeymoon phase. Or is that over yet? Long gone. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Would he just pick up his clothes? All right. Um, so guys, I want to talk a bit about worship and what worship is and just some typical thoughts of it. A lot of people don't get into, and we talked to Pat uh, Sabelle about this a bit, just having, you know, one, a big view of God when you go into worship, but also just what is worship and why do we need to know the theology behind? Um, so why should we care about just the music part of church? Sorry, you said why should we care just about the music? Yeah. I thought this was a podcast about worship. Explain. <laughs> so, um, I'm stirring the pot, Jasmine. Okay. He's he's trying to stir the pot. So, <laughs> I mean, that's why I was confused by your question. Like, is really, what you mean to say? <laughs> this is not what we talked about when we went into the booth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think so often in in kind of common church evangelical language. Um, Worship is kind of the term that's used to describe the time of music that we have and when we sing, um, especially in our gatherings, in our church gatherings, or, or whatever kind of gatherings where we do those things. Um, and often it's kind of left at that as, you know, the singing, the music is the worship. Um, you know, people will say things like, that was a great time of worship. Now let's hear from the word, from the, the preacher, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or now let's have a time of prayer. That was a great time of worship. Let's have a time of prayer. Um, 
but it is one of my convictions, and I think a conviction of many of us here at Milo Mission in Calvary, um, that worship is not meant to be just the music or the singing. Um, it is certainly that. Our singing and playing of music is worship, but it's not um, the complete picture of what worship is. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, where you're trying to stir the pot, where there's a lot of people who would use that term and use it kind of like that. But one thing I think this really highlights is, well, most people don't necessarily think through their full definition of, like, what is worship. Um, and I think that's, you know, a common thing. A lot of people don't necessarily define terms a lot of times, um, myself included. I throw words around all the time and don't know what they mean. Um, but I think it's important for us to, you know, well-define our terms and to, you know, know what we are saying when we say them. Um, so I would say worship is much more generally, but as well, it's, it's everything that we do. What about you, Jasmine? As someone who sits in the congregation most times and not, you know, leading the worship time, or we'll say music time, uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Is it just music? Like, how do you view worship? Yeah, I'd say um, I'm very much along the lines of what David just talked about. Like, I used to, I used to only think right. Anybody talks about worship, first thing comes to mind: music, singing. That's what we do. Um, and so when I started to think about it more in terms of, well, how do I worship God as somebody who doesn't play an instrument, who some, as someone who doesn't pick out the songs or, or anything like that on Sunday morning, and I don't have a great voice for singing, so I'm not involved in any of that. Does that mean that I, I worship God less or I don't worship him in any way? Um, and so just kind of walking that through, but I, I agree with David in that we worship God by beholding him and you can do that in so many different ways um so that's kind of what i would think about that so what are the ways then during a you know service instead of saying worship service because even our language is centered around that right mm -hmm. like but uh what other ways do you worship god than during a regular service if it's not just music maybe we should just take a, a brief moment here to kind of talk about what we actually mean so like because you're right, there's a sense to where we call like our like they're they're gatherings of worship. Like we we do c gather together to worship God, um, but typically like the the framework that I kind of try and think about some of this stuff is is that is our corporate worship. Like to qualify that word, um, because corporate indicates the gathering, indicates you know being together. Yeah, exactly. And you know we we see passages in scripture like Romans twelve you know, where it talks about living your life as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. So this, just to say too, I mean, that's only one example, but the reason why I think it's more than just the music is because of passages like that and some others as well. Um, because, you know, that doesn't say just saying that is your spiritual worship, but to live your life as a living sacrifice, which I think indicates a lot more, um, again, not excluding, but just including a lot more in under that umbrella of worship. Um, so... With that, you know, Jasmine, I think you kind of hinted at it already. Um, and there's lots of different definitions that you could get um, for worship. But I think this isn't an exact quote, but to give a stab at it, at least what we mean in terms of Christian worship, um, that is the worship of, of the God of the Bible, of Christ. Um, David Peterson describes it as, it is us engaging with God on the terms that he proposes and the way that he alone makes possible. Um, so if you're looking for a quick definition of what is Christian worship, I'm just going to throw that out there. We could probably do a whole podcast on that. But 
I apologize. What was the original question you asked me? Um, just because I just wanted to lay that. I just went on this huge rant about like, you know. Yeah, that's fine. You laid the foundation. Terms, so, yeah. Um, so what other ways during the service then do you worship? If it's not just the music, hmm. if it's not just what right. we would, you know, classify as the worship time, but the whole service is worship, then how else do we engage in worship? Yeah. Well, so even by going, you know, along that lines of that definition, right? So it's an engagement with God. So part of the way we do that is the singing, but how else do we engage with God? It is, you know, we in prayer, absolutely. Um, you know, in hearing and preaching of the word in, you know, even um, in the way that we do fellowship, I think we mm -hmm. can, you know, engage with God. Um, when people share their testimonies, mm -hmm. like if that becomes part of a given Sunday service, if someone's up there sharing with about how God has worked in their lives and is transforming their hearts, that is a way of engaging in how, and you for yourself, engaging how God is working in your life, but even corporately together, we are worshiping God in celebrating his work and his transformation in other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those, those are, I mean, I mean, those are just a few examples. Um, and again, a lot of these we, we find in scripture, um, you know, like in, in second, I think second Timothy four, right? Where, where Paul, you know, tells Timothy to preach the word. That's just one example, but there's kind of what's often talked about in, you know, church evangelical circles are these like elements of worship, the things that the Bible prescribes for us to do as we gather together as God's people um, that are based totally from scripture. So things like prayer, things like, you know, things like singing, things like hearing the word preached. Um, reading scripture together. Reading scripture together, 100%. Um, so those are just some of the different things. So like at our church and hopefully at all of our church plants, we want to establish um, a theology of worship where we actually see worship as holistic. So when we gather together, it's not just the singing is worship, but that, you know, these all of these things that we're doing are worship. Um, well, here, here's an interesting thing. I spent a little bit of time then trying to find it. Um, and one of the earliest publications of the Good Tidings, which is the uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland at the time, um, but it's now Newfoundland Labrador. It's their magazine. And so they put articles and all kinds of stuff. Um, so this is volume two, St. John's Newfoundland, May 1936. Um, and here's a quote that is in this, which I find very interesting. It says, I quote from Mr. Donald G., a teacher in the word, uh, than whom perhaps there is not a greater in Pentecostal ranks. So here's what it says. It is the will that stirs up the soul through reason. We rightly desire to see men and women moved, but there is temptation to make to take the shortcut of an appeal to emotionalism rather than the more costly road of an appeal to reason and the will through a revelation given by the Spirit in answer to prayer and consecration. Genuine operations of the Holy Spirit are far more likely to accompany a time of waiting upon God or to follow the exposition and preaching of the word. To suggest that the use of music in the moving of the soul can produce genuine inspiration from the Holy Spirit is a reversal of the whole divine order. In the spirit-filled life, we must remember that it is inspiration that leads to music and not music that leads to inspiration. I just find that very interesting because growing up, honestly, and Jasmine, you might have experienced a bit of this, but it was a quote unquote good service when there was no preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I mean, that that's yeah, what, that's, that's the world. Yeah. 
that uh, we uh, grew up in, and you know the you know we'll say we'll say the spirit was moving. Um, people around the altar. There's tears. There's uh, people being you know slain in the spirit. What have you? Um, and it was a really good service because the spirit is moving. There's no preaching. And as, as a youngster, I would kind of get excited because there's no preaching, so I can go home earlier usually. <laughs> um, so it was a bit selfish on my part in that <laughs> in that respect. But there wasn't a huge emphasis growing up in the Pentecostal assembly, at least where I grew up earlier, um, on preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a better service almost if there was no preaching. Uh, so I, I find that very interesting because you know, preaching is obviously a part of worship. It's, it's a part of ex- explaining the Word of God in your exposition. And if you've been faithful and God uses that, um, then you're building up your congregation, you're building up yourself, you're it's part of equipping the saints. It, you can just go on and on, but it's a part of worship to God. Yeah, and I think, too, like just to help connect some dots, too, you know, with that thought of, of even the preaching being worship, because we're, we're always... Um, pouring ourselves out into stuff. So like there was that general definition of worship before, but then, I, or sorry, this, this definition more specifically towards Christian worship, but then there's this general definition you can use. Um, and I think Carol Best says it really well when he says it's it's the continuous outpouring of all that I am, um, all that I do, and all that I could ever become. You know, as people, we're always seeking out after stuff. We are constantly pursuing something. We're constantly working to achieve something or to, to delight in something um, we're always hoping to become something. So when we're hearing the word preach, you know, in everything that we do, that is even hearing the word and and by hearing, you know, and participating even in in engaging with your Bible with with the preacher. You, in some sense, you are you are agreeing with the um, with the preacher as you as you're sitting there, you know, taking it all in. Um, and so, you know, even a part of the congregation, and especially as the preacher, it's part of what we do. That's part of our worship. Um, so anyways, I hope that made sense, but just to kind of connect some of those dots too. Um, and I think too, it's funny because you mentioned like, cause music is such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It, it does stir up the emotions. And I think that's a huge gift, um, that God gives us through, through music. Well, it's, it's also a beautiful thing to hear truths of God mm-hmm. sung together and, Like, I think God has gifted us music in times of corporate worship even, um, because I can think vividly of Sundays where I walk in and I am discouraged and down and heartbroken, and I I don't have the strength to sing these truths. Mm -hmm. I don't have the strength to say them right now. But when I sit in a room with my family and I hear them remind me, and they sing out at the reassurance of God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? That leads my heart to worship. Whew. Just stop the podcast there. <laughs> no, but but that's kind of where, actually, that's like 100% where I was going to, you know, what I was thinking of is because, like, on your comment of, like, that was a good service because the music moved, but there was no preaching. You know, to me, that almost seems like like a huge disconnect because... Like you're you're preaching the word of God in the truth, but if you're going to go by Colossians three sixteen and things like that, we should also be singing the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Jasmine I think just... like we should we should we should never discount the gift that God has given us in mm-hmm. music. Like we should be singing it together. Mm-hmm. We should we sh- we should take delight in that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and when we do that well, you know, when we pick good solid biblical theology songs and 
you know, we worship as in John 4 and Jesus with the woman at the well, you know, in spirit and in truth. I think you just described a beautiful picture of the power of that for your congregation, for people who can come and be encouraged by rem- being reminded of the truths of the gospel, by being reminded of the truths of God's faithfulness in his character. Um, because so often when we come to church, we come with a view of the world, we come distracted, we come aware of our own sin or the sins of the world, and yet often with such a lesser focus on Christ and the gospel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes those moments for you to sit there and to hear the people around you. And like I love, I love that you said your family, mm-hmm. because these are people that you know. You know, the, like when, when you're down and out, and you hear the person next to you who you know has a family member who is who is suffering um, through illness or whatever it may be, to hear them to, to cry out, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Like that's a powerful thing, right? And I just, I just love that well, example. Well, then it also encourages you for the other Sundays, right? When you do have the strength to come prepared mm-hmm. with a heart prepared mm-hmm. to worship God because you don't know sometimes that your brother is sitting there who is down, mm-hmm. right? Like if you come in and you think, well, the word, the the singing is just for between me and God. No, it's not, mm-hmm. right? It's for all of us um, together. Yeah, Absolutely. no one wants to hear my singing, you know. Yeah, I but, know we don't, but we want to see you delight in God. The Lord wants so. to hear. It's just the Lord that <laughs> wants it. to hear so me sing. So. But but I do want to because you said something interesting earlier, Jasmine, and I and I know what the answer is going to be, so I want I want to highlight it because you said earlier like. When, when you had this view of worship that was a bit more, um, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, that's a, not quite as general and open, um, you said something to the effect of like, and I, and I don't really sing very well or whatever, so do I not worship? But mm-hmm. I know that you sing at church. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I guess the question is, just unpack that a bit more. Like, because some people get discouraged by not having you know, a great singing voice, and that leads them to not sing. Well, I think if my Heavenly Father wanted me to have a lovely singing voice, He would have given me one. Um, Amen. And that's, that's, <laughs> and that's, 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 more, that's more about me than her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I do, like, I used to be really self-conscious. I didn't always want to sing out loud. Um, and when I, and at one point in time, I convinced myself, okay, well, when I sing, I can sing out loud because it's just between me and God. Um, and that's kind of stupid. Like, it, it's not, like, I, it is, like, it is an outpouring of my heart and me engaging with God, yes, but it is also about other people. Um, but the reason that I can sing um, loudly is because my heart is filled with love for Him. Mm-hmm. Um And my heart is filled, and because of that, my heart is filled with love for the people around me, and they love me as well. Um, And I might sing poorly, and they'll laugh at me and make fun of me like I do with Adam. That's all well, fine, and good. Mm -hmm. But they don't want me to not sing out God's truth, right? It'd Mm -hmm. be different if I'm getting up there and singing my own lyrics or something. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, um, because I am insecure in my relationship with God that he does want me to delight in him. And I know that my family around me wants me to delight in him. I know that they're not going to run away because just because I sing bad mm-hmm. and just because I sing poorly or I don't understand musicality or whatever, like that doesn't make better worship. 
you can sing really great and you might not have worshiped God one minute in those five minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And I might sing poorly and be singing loud and I might not have worshiped God once in those five minutes either because my heart's somewhere completely else. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's a beautiful thing because, I mean, the, the other element to this too is, is in Scripture, I think it's there's over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands. So there's a clear, I think, teaching in Scripture that we should be singing. Yeah. But that's not necessarily qualified, not qualified for the yeah. only good singers. Now, you know, I think there's wisdom in, in doing things skillfully and, and pursuing excellence, especially in not being distracting when it comes from the stage. But part of the reason that I'm so excited to have Jasmine on this podcast, and Adam as well with us, but is, is to show that, like, clearly Jasmine, you know, as a, I mean, you are a ministry leader. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you work a lot with the women and things like that of our church. Um, but... I think it's really cool that you have a theology of worship and that kind of attitude when you come to sing and just the blessing, because so often I think it can almost be, you know, they're the, they're the music people and then they're the not music people. You know, right. they're the worship guys and then they're the, the children's people. But I think right. it's important to teach everybody to have their own, you know, the biblical theology of what worship is. And because of the things that we've been talking about, um, and, you know, I think it's a really cool thing when the church gets that and that leads them to sing, you know, when they root their identity in Christ. And even then through the good and through the bad, they can show up, they can come and just behold God and sing to him and be an encouragement to others. And there are times that that will be, they will be on the receiving end of that, but hopefully a lot of time also that will be a time where they can encourage the church, build up the church right. as a ministry of love to sing. Um, yeah, and I, like I get the desire to want to sound good. I have a desire to want to sound good. But even as you were talking, I was thinking about something else there just now, like this um, this idea of that to to worship God well, you it should be like only those who sing really well. And I, I think we do that in a lot of aspects of our lives we think that the best gifts to god are the things that are pretty and we deem good right right like we we deem the the really good singers as oh they they do the best worship to god and then the people who are really faithful in the bible reading oh they're really good with god we think that these things that we do are really good and that makes God especially happy or like he's more happy with those people because they're gifted or they're more faithful than me. But then all of that is just pride and us being like, well, we think we can give God something that's good. But in fact, even our worship is filthy rags. There's also like different things that happen during church that are an act of worship. And I say this because my wife, you know, is often involved on the worship team mm -hmm. and I'm in the pew by myself with two kids. <laughs> so sometimes that is a blessing. Sometimes it's very sanctifying, we'll say. Um, but there's, there's moments of worship in that as we get our kids used to what it means to go to church, um, to be part of the church. To show our kids that you know this is an important thing for our family this is an important thing that we do as christians um, and that's an act of worship to god mm -hmm. you know me 
dragging my son out sometimes or walking out and he yells out poop, <laughs> telling um, basically half the congregation that he has pooped as we walk out because that happened. <laughs> um, to change him in that, but he, he's getting accustomed to like, this is where we are. We sing songs. You go out to the nursery, you play. He's getting accustomed to that because the first little while, I mean, you used to part of that. He, he screamed. Yep. He didn't like the the uh, nursery part he he i would drag him into the building because he would just go limp <laughs> no church no church he would scream uh, but then he now he loves church mm-hmm. he absolutely loves going to church he points out and i don't know how but he can accurately point out almost every church building we drive by oh. he's like daddy church daddy church <laughs> and like whenever we drive by it what now you know some are roman catholic some are united whatever but he he can recognize the buildings and he asked to go to church so like it We'll say it, it paid off, but it, it instilled in him that this is important. This isn't a bad place. This is a fun place to be. Um, and even, you know, when he does act up and we're singing songs, I'm singing, but I'll quickly ask him, hey, what letter do you see? And he'll put W or S or A. And But these are ways to get him engaged into the worship service and for him to see, okay, we're praying. And all that is an act of worship to God. You know, I don't want people who are busy or get distracted by parents or, or you know, distracted because they are parents who feel like I don't sing, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that. But bringing your kids to, you're being faithful to God. You're being faithful mm-hmm. to what God has called you to in that moment, that season in your life. Mm-hmm. And again, we have this bigger view of what worship is, helps us come in and, you know, you're not dreading church mm-hmm. <laughs> when Sunday morning rides, you know, rolls up on you. Um, if you're coming into the building already with a negative view you, you kind of already lost, right? You've lost sight of who God is, of how he views you, how he views your children, the purpose of all of this. And it's not to be perfect. It's not to roll up perfect Sunday morning because mm-hmm. there are arguments that happen on the way to church. You definitely are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny you mention that. I, I think that's also a big reason why it's so important, especially depending on how your church service, you know, is organized and things like that in terms of liturgy. But because you're 100% right. Like those things on Sunday mornings, they just happen. You know, you argue with your spouse, you know, the house is whatever, the kids are. But it's so important to show up on time, I think, as much as you can, because it's so easy to come in distracted. But at least at, you know, I'm going to steal a bit of a phrasing from from a good friend you already mentioned, Pat. You know, at, at our church services, we want to be giving people a buffet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And for us, that starts with a call to worship, to have that big view of God, that that almost refocus. So if, I mean, and I get to, I'm not saying, like, you know, I get people coming late, but try in every way to come in on time so that that way you can take that, you know, you can you can really reorient your focus. Um, yeah. And also just to comment too, I, I love something that you were saying earlier, Jasmine, you know, um, about kind of what makes worship maybe not so good or good or, or acceptable or not acceptable in front of God. And the beautiful reality is, you know, First Peter 2, 5, is that our worship isn't made acceptable because we're good at it, but because it's in and through Christ. Mm. So, again, if you don't have the nicest singing voice, that shouldn't, you know, stop you from singing. If, if you, um, you know, if you are distracted and have a little bit of a tiff, that shouldn't stop you from coming, mm-hmm. right? Like, these are the things, but but do it all through Christ. Um, and that's the beauty of the gospel, yeah. that he has done everything that we need for us. 
um, so we can trust in that and we can come before God and just be in awe um, because of him. So That's great. Well, I hope you've enjoyed these thoughts on worship with myself and David and Jasmine. And uh, yeah, this is episode 100, guys. Oh, cool. It is. Wow. You're allowed to do it. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> it's episode 100. Come on. Like, we've actually made 100 episodes. So that's great. Where's the clapping one? No. no. no this one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. I don't know um, I'm friends with these guys. <laughs> hope you enjoyed this episode. Look forward to hopefully many more. I don't know if we'll ever hit 200, but maybe we'll aim for 150 right now. Uh, catch us again next week. And we'll be starting, I believe, hopefully, another scripture screw-up. So I just screwed that up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everyone. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mile1mission.ca